The Starboys are back in town, and so is kinda, maybe, hopefully, a Starboy, Thomas Kelly. You're listening to Can't Read, Can't Write. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Can't Read, Can't Write, the podcast that proves Spartans can talk. I'm Mike Jones, joined, as always, by the man who is coming off the worst-produced episode of Can't Read, Can't Write ever recorded, Kevin Grek. And missing this week is Alex Plum, who's spending some time thinking about what he said. <laughs> he knows He knows what he said. Uh, I am a little bit disappointed. This, uh, this week's episode will not... Uh, you know, double as a uh, watch live and react episode to Drag Race, which really goosed our numbers uh, <laughs> last week. But, uh, hoof, hoof, we got some feedback. <laughs> it, the, there were times in that episode that it felt like um, the intro to a number of sublime songs from 40 ounces to freedom or uh, the sweater song from Weezer, like just full party happening in the background intro. Uh, it was not great. And then you were quiet, which I think I, some of the uh, listeners appreciated. Yeah. I, uh, listen, uh, you know, I, I, uh, I, I didn't, you know, I didn't want to be the overbearing one. I wanted to leave that to certain other, uh, you know, listener guests that, um, are in timeout right now. That really needed you to give them that, that bandwidth to be overbearing because they couldn't do that on their own. No. You, sir, you, sir, are helping people overcome imposter syndrome. And I salute you for that. Yeah. Uh, that's how I'm an ally, uh, to the community <laughs> in those ways. I give, I like to give space for those voices to make fools of themselves. And indeed they take that opportunity. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, listener idiot, Alex Plum, not here today, but we want to say thank you to everyone for hopefully coming back to the pod. Uh, if yeah. we could ask a favor, I asked this last week to share the pod with Spartans Your Life. I rescind that statement, but this week, share the podcast. Yeah, don't share last week's episode with Spartans. <laughs> share this one. This and if is you the could one that counts. Rate, review, and subscribe after listening to this podcast, please do. You can, of course, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Spartan underscore pod, though I probably would not recommend the Instagram account. Um, Grekers, what are we doing this week? Well, this it could be fun. We could look at the Instagram account and just see the last time that it was uh, that it was updated. That'd be fun. But uh, we're talking first on the green wall where football always leads. And this week it leads because there were a bunch of guys with a bunch of stars that spent a bunch of time in East Lansing. Um, guys then, or teens? Teens. Boy teens. Um, then of course, uh, there has finally been resolution on the bench for the men's basketball team. So we'll discuss that. Then we'll go off grand river. Seems that Ryan day has, uh, made some statements in front of certain people, uh, that Ooh, were have money. <laughs> yes. And, uh, I, I think we should do some live updates on the NBA finals. Uh, Dre didn't sure. play overwhelmingly great first game. They dropped it and it's. Uh, halftime right now, 
uh, Warriors are up. So I'd like to see that. Um, and then we have to announce uh, the Twitter top five. Uh, we've got some winners for last month's Twitter competition. We don't know what they're winning, but we know that they are a winner or winners, depending, uh, you know, depending maybe, on. Maybe what we should do is let the winner run our Instagram account. <laughs> That's right. That was what we talked about last year, right? The winner gets to come on board and join for a week. It's honestly, I think it was be part of the group chat, which is mostly to see Plum be unhinged. Um, this would be, no matter what, an upgrade for us. Yes. I think that's fair to say, right? However you cut it. However you cut it, it would be an upgrade. Anyway, we'll talk about that. Um, and then, of course, we'll take this week's Twitter questions, which are actually more and better Twitter questions than last week when people were on the uh, on the clock. So, uh, interesting. A lot that we have to learn from that. But, Jonesy, tell me about football recruiting. Let's, let's take a look at the green wall. Sure. Uh, so the star boys were indeed in town, Kevin. And, you know, uh, I think maybe we'll take a, a quick detour at the end of this about concerns about the creative team no longer being at Michigan state. But, uh, I do think you had mentioned when I sent over a picture from, uh, one of the photo shoots on yes. campus that, that you're, the turf management bones in you were starting to hurt. Can you, uh, can you explain to listeners who maybe missed, I think some actually incredible photos, uh, what, what that was? Well, there was a ton of social media traction off of what happened, uh, this weekend, but Jaden Wayne, um, was, Oh, it was town. all of them. Uh, yeah. But this one in particular that we're talking about, Jaden Wayne's in town and I think he's got a Jeep, uh, on the turf with tuck. And uh, <laughs> I was just like, this is great. I'm very happy for them. Also, uh, that's a Jeep on the football turf. Uh, what are we doing? <laughs> what are we doing? Uh, putting together some boss photos. Uh, I think uh, all the recruits took pictures in the Jeep. Um, that was pretty rad. Uh, yes, you mentioned Jaden Wayne. So we, we talked a lot last week about you had tuned out for this, Greg. Um, about the, the, the number of Starboys uh, coming to East Lansing for official visits. Jaden Wayne uh, came on his own dime. Uh, he is a 6'5", 245 uh, edge rusher. Uh, he's a 98 in the composite rankings, 40th player overall in the nation, number one in the state of Washington. I want that to sink in for a second because Jaden Wayne took a trip to Michigan State on his own dime from Washington. Washington, um, Washington. And just in case people care. Because he, you, you can take as many unofficials as you like, um, but obviously you're spending that money out of your own pocket. Uh, but here's who else is interested in Jaden Wayne. <laughs> Georgia. LSU, Miami, Oregon, Alabama, Auburn, Florida, Florida State, Michigan, Minnesota, North Carolina, Notre Dame, Texas, USC, Washington. The, there are many more Power Five conference uh, teams after that. Um, I think all of them are on the list. Yeah. Uh, but uh, this is a, a big time recruit that was stacked on top of a 
a few other five stars and a bunch of four stars who were in town. Um, you know, the, is there a commitment coming? Maybe, maybe not like it, the, you look at that offer list just for Jaden and, and the, the other people who were in town, similar offer lists, right? Like they're going to take some time. Uh, I, I imagine Mel Tucker winning over people who are getting courted by Nick Saban and Kirby right. smart is going to take a minute. Yeah. But, but to get the visit, they're that's here. a start. They're here. And in this case, MSU is in the top six, uh, for that young man. So, I mean, it, it's what we talked about last week. And I think we've got a number of Twitter questions on this same topic. It's like, will these convert or will it be a, always the bridesmaid, never the bride type of situation for MSU football. I, I'm inclined to say that with this volume of that kind of talent on campus, yeah, some are going to drop. Not all of them, certainly, but a few. I would, I'd add this, that it doesn't seem like you don't see a bunch of backup offers being announced mm-hmm. on Twitter. Like you would, you would expect MSU to be casting a wider net at this point in time, getting different guys. Like we're, we're approaching commitment season or are indeed in commitment season, right? Like some of these guys are going to hold out to the fall, but early signing is in December. And so Mm -hmm. normally June, July, maybe into August is when you're seeing a lot of commitments happen. Yep. Yeah. I, and the higher end ones tend to be on the later side of that. Uh, yes. If you pay attention to that kind of stuff, they do tend but to wait longer than everyone else. I, I, I have to believe that Michigan state would be bringing more dudes on campus who are not of this Starboy ilk, if you will, if they thought they weren't going to be landing some of these guys. Yeah. And, and so maybe we whiff, but like, I, I think there's something to that, right? The other side of that, though, is the amount of success that this staff has seen itself have in the transfer portal, right? Like, sure. you can be more discerning on the scholarship side, on the on the traditional recruit side, if you feel confident that you can pull some big time names out of the transfer portal, the guys sure. that you want. And by all accounts, even though you know, the 24 seven, I don't think that the 24 seven transfer list is as accurate. And I have my own issues with the regular recruiting list, but like they get guys that they want out of the transfer portal. Like you hear about the names on the board that they're targeting. And then you hear about the names on the, the names that actually come in and it aligns that they have a good pitch for guys in the transfer portal. So if you, if you can be confident that you can fill the gaps that way, it lets you be, it lets you take additional risk in terms yeah, of. You uh, don't, you don't offer route. people, right? right? You don't offer anyone that you don't actually want. And this is already a change from when Mel first arrived on campus. If you recall, he walked in on campus and just mailed like 10,000 offer letters out <laughs> his first yeah. week. It was bananas. So uh, this is already a shift in behavior just from year one to year three, four. Yeah. And I think, yeah, he's, he's talked about how 
you need to offer like 300 dudes to get a class. Mm-hmm. It's I don't know that we're going to get Clemson stingy on our offers. But I wouldn't be surprised if Mel's paring that number down a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, because, yeah, I mean, there are certain positions that you need to offer in mass. Right. Like getting getting an edge rusher like Jaden Wayne. Those guys don't really pop up in the portal. You know, dudes who can get to the quarterback are long, you know, have have good weight on them. Like they, they just aren't there. Offensive tackles, like really good offensive tackles, just not there. So, you know, there are some positions that that I they, they can't miss on routinely. But, you know, uh, and I, I think that you <laughs> shit that's reflective of of who showed up this weekend. It was all elite as 24 seven defines them, defines them anyway. Um, Defensive talent by and large. And then, and then a bunch of guys that they, you know, have already gotten commitments from that they want to, you know, keep, keep on the hook. So. Indeed. Uh, And a lot of this is, you know, BT Jordan. It's amazing to me. I'm kind of setting this up because it, it's a bit of a bridge into the next topic. It's amazing to me that that guy wasn't getting more traction with programs. So because so we're focusing a lot on Jane Wayne, and that's doing a disservice to like uh, many of the other recruiters. Yeah, Hicks was is a big target that was on campus. Like, I mean, there are some big time dudes who were here, but but Jane Wayne being an unofficial was particularly interesting. And and to your point, Greg, the the story on Jaden Wayne is, is that he was going to release his like top eight or whatever. And on such and such date and Michigan state offers him the day before that and makes the top eight. And that was purely, he said it because of BT Jordan. It's crazy. That's, that's a difference maker. Yeah. His BT Jordan's story is bizarre that, and so rad. We'll spend some time on this, like over the summer, of just like the ascension that that man has made for himself. Good for him, uh, but he's having a huge impact here. So uh, that was a a really good, really innovative, it seems, um, coaching hire from yeah, Mel Tucker. I wonder how much uh, they're going to have to pay him in the future. That uh, now let's talk about basketball. Uh, so. <laughs> So we've been waiting uh, for a while now to hear how Tom Izzo was going to fill the position available on the bench vacated by Dwayne Stevens going to Western Michigan. And uh, he told us that he was going to take his time. He told us he was going to leave no stone unturned. And Mm -hmm. this week it was announced. As we sort of talked about last week uh, that Mr. Thomas Kelly role player from Izzo's first first teams uh, has been hired away from Western Michigan, who I think he was the only retained assistant coach that Dwayne kept when he joined that staff. So that's interesting. (laughs) Um, Maybe this has been in the cards for longer. Maybe, I don't know. I, should we start by saying and acknowledging that the two of us really have no way of evaluating an assistant coach from a Mac school in in their yeah, skills, but their I, value. I don't, 
I think we can say some nicer things first, right? I, I, yes. I think we can do that. So Thomas Kelly had, I think, a 14-year pro career, pro career albeit overseas. overseas. Yep. So, so he got to coaching late. Mm-hmm. It was, I mean, he was a GA because you would think, oh, he was a GA after he played for, you know, Izzo or some, some time near that. But he was a GA for Miles, Jaron, and Cassius. So he was around recently with Tom Izzo when Tom Izzo was last seeing pretty great success. Mm-hmm. He then went to Western Michigan where Dwayne Stevens was his third head coach. So he is he is uh had more coaching tenure indeed at at Western Michigan than uh quite a few head coaches now. <laughs> um but so I think there's you got to say something nice about the fact that he was a dude that was worth holding on to. Mm-hmm. Um and and that he he has a lot of pro experience and that he's he's sure coming from the family obviously but um it's it's recently it's it's not like he's been away from coaching for a long time or has been you know sort of hopping from place to place to place um and and it, one of the benefits of being at western is that the the people he's recruiting like it or not about Tom Izzo but historically Tom Izzo you can draw a circle sort of a rate you know a radius well a circle around Michigan, what, in six hours from East Lansing? Yeah, I mean... And that's where Tom Izzo recruits from? How far away is Chicago? That's as far out as it gets. Right, and so Thomas Kelly's doing a lot of that same recruiting. And not for the same guys, but he's building the same relationships with the same schools and the same AAU programs that, that Tom Izzo has cultivated. And you may say that that's not a good thing. Mm-hmm. But we've got 25 years largely of success of it, and down years for Tom Izzo have usually correlated with just down years of talent in that region. Um, but like Tom Izzo himself, frankly, isn't a bad recruiter either. So, yep. so if you're Tom Izzo, like what are you genuinely looking for in a hire? And Thomas Kelly might be a, a nice fit. He understands you... you you don't have to worry about uh, personality problems, right? Like, y- you don't work well together. Thomas Kelly played for him. He worked for him. He knows Izzo's an asshole. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> that you're empowered to be an asshole right back. Like, that's not a bad thing. Um, by all accounts, you know, Dane Fife didn't work out at one place because of personality. <laughs> <laughs> Dane's spending a lot more time on Indiana or on uh, Twitter right now because of what happened uh, in the personality stuff at Indiana. So pining yeah. about that 2018 class. Um, yeah, I so I think we can say nicer things about Thomas Kelly than than, you know, maybe instinctually come to us. Yeah, Tom uh, Thomas, uh, I don't know what you go by when we move into the critical side of things. It's not really about you. It, no, it's because, about Tom Izzo. That's yeah, what it's about. Because, uh, like I started this out with, I don't, I don't have the tools to evaluate you yet. We're not there yet. I, I can't pretend to know. But the reason that we're going to 
criticize this hire is we know everyone on this staff. Just recall Doug Wojcik and Mark Montgomery are guys that didn't work out for other programs and boomeranged on back to this one. Um, Mike Garland, you know, is by all accounts, fantastic, uh, member of the staff, but he's been here for about a billion years now. Um, and then you've got guys that you saw play Matt McQuaid and Austin Thornton and others. Um, there's just not a lot of outside blood, uh, in this staff and Thomas Kelly barely counts for that. I mean, there was no lack of video footage <laughs> that could be drummed up of him in the, you know, the practice facility over the years working with, you know, Bryn Forbes or other guys or whomever, like he's a Spartan. We appreciate that. But this is a staff that is not lacking for Spartans. And in the same way that we were critical of the uh, Haller AD hire, again, uh, Alan, confirmed listener, this isn't about you. This is about new blood in the programs. And Alan um, has been working out, it seems. Yes. And hopefully, that's exactly where I was going with this. Hopefully, it's the same with this Thomas Kelly hire. That in spite of the fact that he seemed to be chosen chiefly because of familiarity um among Look at other the finalist list who else was on that list i mean is uh, it do we actually know or is it the speculation that we've had well, before the it, the the speculation which i tend to think there was enough consensus around it i i have a hard time disbelieving it but was uh mojo yep um and tom the, tom was on the list and then uh uh Fowler, not yeah, Chris Fowler, um, oh. was also on that list. Mm. Um, and but all Chris Fowler's the most non Spartan, yeah. But I mean, what is it's his brother, is Benny, yeah. So, I mean, he's he's not exactly unfamiliar with the program either. <laughs> like, we, there was always gonna be in well. I think I think we got misled a bit by Tom Izzo's early comments about how much searching outside of the family he was going to do. And think, <sighs> we got our hopes up, Kevin. And and by hopes up, I mean, I don't. But like, what did we really expect? That's a problem. So every once in a while, you'll hear Tom talk about how he's got to do everything around here. It was something that he talked about a number of times when we were students on campus. It's something that came up again uh, several years later where they changed the nature of his contract around so that he got more help for various things. Like Tom Izzo wants to run this program in a Tom Izzo way. And the problem is he's surrounded himself presumably with guys that aren't really going to push him on that. So is it, which it's worked, Kevin, like it has worked. Yes, absolutely. Wait, but at like the same it, time, I worry about the longevity of Izzo because he puts himself in this position where he has to take on 
all of these additional levels. Like delegate more, bring in some external stuff. We we talked about how much we would have appreciated bringing in just a offensive coordinator, hand someone the keys. And we know that Tom Izzo isn't going to do something like that. But it would have been really nice if he did, you know? Yeah. I mean, he, he it would have been nice if John Beeline had been a little less sluggish and picked up the phone and called Tom Izzo and said, Tom, at one point in time, I had some pretty good offenses, but I kept getting cooked on defense. So I hired somebody to handle that. You make enough money. Hire somebody to handle your offense. Yeah. But Beeline also experienced some things that Izzo never experienced. Like it, Beeline yeah. got this close to getting fired by Michigan, and they told him, you have to totally replace your staff or you're gone. Izzo's never experienced anything like that. Izzo never will experience anything like that. I mean, or maybe he, he might have been like 98. Maybe. It's, it's been a it's been long, so long, long. It does not matter. It's gone. Yes. There are fans of the program who were not alive when that happened. They're listeners of this episode right now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I just, I worry that these kind of, with, for lack of a better word, sycophantic or, or nepotistic type of hires actually do not are, serve Izzo's interest in the long run. Are you, let me, let me push back a little bit. Are you worried that they don't serve Izzo or are you worried that they don't serve the university? Like, are you worried more about a post Izzo world than I mean, you both. are actually about Izzo? Okay. It's both because I, I truly think, and uh, MSU Twitter seems to disagree with me more and more by the day on this. I truly think that Izzo is the best possible coach for MSU basketball. So I, I, I want him there as long as possible. And I, I think that these types of hires are actually, he, he probably thinks that these types of hires make it easier for him long-term because he's bringing in a guy that actually knows what it's like to be around him, knows the program, knows how they do things. I worry that they serve to do the opposite, actually, that they serve to perpetuate the types of issues that the program have and don't give it opportunities to bring in new and interesting outside ideas. Yeah. At work and in my job, we talk about culture ads and not culture fits, Mm -hmm. right? Like you, you don't want to hire someone because, Oh, you both like having brunch, right? Like that's a dumb reason to like bond with somebody or your coworker, right? Like you're not looking to hire your friend. You need someone who can contribute something to the work. And so your culture shouldn't be so uh, singular, I guess, that, that, that you're, you're hesitant to bring in something different. And, and right. it sounds like that's kind of what you're getting at is that, that Izzo is, uh, there's a, a, another university that's formed their entire identity around a coach. And I don't want to make yeah. that comparison, but like, we're kind of talking about that idea, right? Like that you formed your entire identity around this one person. And if you're not that person or that ideal, then you don't work here. And, that, and that's they, bad. Uh, that, you know, university just 
you know, had its AD make a fool of himself again uh, this week in the media. We've chosen not to talk about that, but uh, oh, we can put that on off Grand River. I'd be yeah. happy to chat about that. I think. Yeah. Um, at what point in time are we going to talk about that, by the way? Like, really we, talk about that? Honestly, there's probably a lot about that university that we should just dedicate an, an episode to. Um, it feels like uh, a good July episode. It does. Um, a list I of mean, grievances. You know what? We should forego Twitter questions that week and invite grievances. And, and why it is that the media has just let them coast on that statement this week. There's, oh, yeah. there's also that. Uh, I, I heard uh, Nick Bumgarner uh, was asked about this on his podcast. Yeah. And, what did he say? Uh, he, what did Nick oh, say? Like, We've reported it. Like. <laughs> okay. Anyway, it's Tom. just very disappointing because Nick was around to experience what MSU went through and uh yeah i don't care that he's an alum he clearly doesn't care that he's an alum and that's probably better for this type of case but it's to not understand the difference between anyway anyway um yeah the free press news article about it this week uh was behind the paywall not something that would have <laughs> ever happened uh if the subject were msu uh anyway um so uh sorry we sidetracked there i'm glad we did it uh it's concerning to me and again thomas i appreciate you as a listener uh semi-confirmed listener but it's the it's the principle of the thing you know yeah it's not reflective of you tk that's the point we we hope you have alan haller levels of success um indeed if you become coach and waiting someday that's cool that'd be great we'd be thrilled uh, though <laughs> although maybe not is, is, <laughs> is he if you look at the staff as it currently exists is he indeed the most likely person to be hired away to be hired away probably um <laughs> Because let's be honest, people have had opportunities to hire Doug Wojcik and have chosen not to. Uh, Mark Montgomery is on the mend still. Um, Mike Garland um, is not going anywhere. So Garland's not going to coach anymore. Oh, yeah. He's like special assistant to Tom Izzo or something like that now, right? What is he? Yeah, he he can't even recruit. (laughs) He just walks around the building. I, I've heard nothing but good things about Garland ever. So I don't want to take shots at Garland, but no, 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 no. And, and my understanding is like, he's, he's in a great spot, you know, and, and yes, no, no shots at Garland. But like, I'm just saying he's not going anywhere. Uh, you can and- watch a, a, uh, <laughs> you can watch a, uh, locker room celebration video from any time in MSU basketball history. And you can do the like spot Mike Garland game, basically like he's there somewhere. Very. <laughs> oh, there he is. There's Mike. Uh, but you know, look, MSU basketball right now is in on some really big recruits. Indeed. Uh, Xavier Booker was, I think he was in the like fifties in the ranks. Yep. Uh, and then shot up to fourth. Yep. 
And I think we Duke, mentioned this last week. Like Duke was like, that, "Oh, hello." <laughs> that stuff does not happen. Um, that's wild. I, I've never seen something like that into the top ten. I've seen, like I said uh, last week, probably. You see those types of movements from like unranked into the top one fifty or top one fifty into the top hundred. You don't see it into the top five. It just doesn't yeah. happen. Crazy. Uh, anyway, TK. Welcome home. Welcome home. And I hope, I hope we regret the things that we said. Genuinely. Like we want great uh, things for you. We want great things for you. Do you think, uh, Dwayne threw him the keys to the private jet? He was able to fly back up to Lansing. (laughs) Do you, do you think this was a, uh, because Dwayne stole a, a GA. Do you think this was that Tom oh, is going to hire revenge. somebody else? <laughs> and Tom was like, you, I'm taking your assistant. The one assistant that you retained. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. You had like a GA with you, huh? That's cute. Oh, that's great. I'm so happy for you, Dwayne. <laughs> Run that zone, motherfucker. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, all right, let's head off Grand River, shall we? Yes. So big statement this week uh, from Ryan Day was asked. This was some kind of like symposium. You know, this happened a few weeks ago where Izzo and and Mel Tucker were in front of like the Detroit, you know, Commerce Club or something like that. But uh, Ryan Day was asked uh, how much money he was probably going to need to maintain a roster in the name, image and likeness uh, era. And the answer was 13 million dollars to keep. To keep his current roster. To keep his current roster. That's very Wait, important. That, uh, yeah, I think that's a really important point. Yes. Uh, when one considers that it's an 85-man roster, I don't know what the math is on that, like 150K each or something like that. But of course, the distribution of cash would <laughs> would not be equal mm-hmm. top to bottom. So um, it's interesting that presumably what Ryan Day is talking about is kind of putting together a a roster that can compete for championships, retaining a roster that can compete for championships. Uh, So let's talk about that side of it now. Um, What did you think about this number generally? Felt unlucky. Oh, yeah, fair. (laughs) Uh, Do we... I know we talked about some of the changes last week, by the way, to divisions, but do we... chat about the scholarship cap limit change uh yes we did okay um the so the the piece of this that i keep coming back to Mm -hmm. is like ryan day's having the wrong and i'm i don't blame him i want to be very clear this is not about ryan day um, and, and I would have said the exact same thing about Jim Harbaugh, but like, this is the wrong conversation because like, this isn't what name image and likeness was supposed to be. Right. And so it's like, it, like, it, it, but it can't be surprised at the same time. It can't be surprising oh. to anyone that this is what it quickly turned into. No, not at all. And and which is why, you know, Tom Ezzo gets a ton of shit, but the his point about like it, at least, you know, it, he, 
with while saying I have zero problems with them getting paid, mm-hmm. I have some concerns about the locker room and also by the by, like in the pros, you've got them on a contract. Mm-hmm. Like, like, so I th- this is Izzo's statement uh, that he made recently that basically when you sign someone on a contract, you have them for three years. I have a guy for four months or something like that. Right. And so and this goes back to. Yeah. And so I, I circle this back to Ryan Day because he's give or take kind of saying the exact same thing, mm-hmm. which is to say that I need money to keep the people keep that I've signed. Yeah. And so, you know, at some point in time. Like the 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 logical iteration of this is why don't we move to collective bargaining? Like it, it, why are we why are we either we truly need to do some genuine enforcement on you cannot be a booster. So as in Kevin, you and I could not get any support for the podcast because we are boosters of the university. Albeit low, low dollar ones, but we are boosters of the university. Exceedingly low dollar ones, too. Like, yes, tragically low dollar. So either we need to say that you cannot be a booster. And you can indeed pay someone for their name, image and likeness. Mm-hmm. We need to have these contracts run through a, a, a clearinghouse of some sort of like there needs to be an enforcement mechanism to ensure that there wasn't a. Um, a pay for play sort of system in place or, or frankly maybe we we encourage a pay for play where like you get a yeah, as an athlete you have to pay all the money back if you leave um like I, i'm just saying that this isn't what it was supposed to be at all and so i don't have a why don't concept- you just say texas a&m bought all their players michael you coward. Why don't you just come out and say it? <laughs> well, Nick didn't say it. So I, I you know, it's I amazing it. how I, in all of this, Nick Saban ended up looking like the most cowardly person of them all. <laughs> Cause he's, he's not super wrong by the way. <laughs> yeah, no, not super wrong. And normally not afraid to be very direct. That is the that is the thing that surprises me the most is like the thing that he keeps coming back to is like, I never should have said someone in particular. It, basically, what you're saying is I should have just generally talk shit. <laughs> should I should have I, used some very specific numbers to an institution, yeah, yeah. but not said, you, you know, like you. You, this I is sign, way you, too you, much. You sign the, I should have been more general. <laughs> you sign, you know, the first or second class in the country. Nick, you're you're the second class. Well, first or second. Uh, at like, <laughs> like, like, I'm kind of surprised that he backed down, I, I guess, is where I'm coming from on this. I, I'm a little Just disappointed in him. Stand your ground. Like, did Trump teach us nothing? Just stand <laughs> your ground. Uh. Greg, you actually, before we were recording, were saying some other interesting lessons that you learned about how to live your life by President Trump. Do you want to share those on the podcast? Yeah, I did. I did. Let's uh, let's share the list. Um. <laughs> uh, so I it, so you have a question here. Is this a, a tinfoil hattie? To, is it too tinfoil hattie to say this is basically a signal to the institution, fan base, community, et cetera? Yeah, give no. It is. That's exactly, That's exactly what, it what it is, right? It's basically a coach saying, go raise me more money. Is there a collective here? If not, 
could it, it feels you know what you know what this the analogy and I think this is actually a super spot on analogy super packs if you if, if you do say so yourself if, if, if super packs are not allowed to communicate with candidates in in a political race mm-hmm. yet <laughs> so a candidate will just instead get up and give a speech <laughs> saying exactly what they need the super PAC to do. Yeah. This is what Ryan day just did. Yep. It, yep. It's the exact same thing. It's, I mean, it was just like, when you consider the audience to the business community of Columbus, when you consider a, a number was given and I don't think the number is even right. I think it, basically that message was, Go get me more NIL dollars, top to bottom. Yeah. Um, I need a big number. (laughs) I don't need a million. I need more than that. It's the future of this. And this is the, and just like a super PAC, like you can't, this isn't like the Texas A&M situation. This is more, a little bit more in the, the original intent of NIL of like, hey, you business group of the greater Columbus area. Find it in your pockets. Um, Because the way that they would raise this 13 million would be through actual NIL processes. It would be, you know, use car dealerships and Traeger grills or whatever. Um, Love a Traeger grill. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what's his name? Cal Holiday. Big, big moves this week. Good for Cal. Wait, did Cal get a Traeger deal? Yeah. Oh well, I mean, he showed up on Instagram or Twitter or wherever with a Traeger grill and in Traeger and an an at at Traeger. So that tells me <laughs> one Traeger. plus one equals. <laughs> That's a sweet deal. Yeah. So I, uh, I mean, get used to it. Guys, this is never going away. There's no putting this genie. The the Texas A&M genie, that might go back into a bottle, maybe. But there's no putting this genie back into a bottle. This is the future of college football. It's also wow. maybe a little bit, is it a little bit of a CYA move by day? Of like, if things don't go well a certain season, with certain groups with influence you can be like listen i told y'all what i needed you didn't come through what are you gonna do yeah i i think that's right it it, like if nothing else that's what it's what it is Mm -hmm. sorry i got a little distracted apparently uh tom Izzo is at the finals and ran into michael b jordan there and they took a picture together oh they had their moments yeah uh and draymond green apparently has moved up to 10th all time in the NBA Finals assist list. Well, he spent a lot of time in the NBA Finals. It helps. <laughs> yeah, he just passed Larry Bird. Uh, but they are up at the end of the third by 14 points. So looks good. Looks good for, for the Warriors. But, I mean, it's the NBA fourth quarter. We'll see. Um, all right. Anything Real else? quick. I forgot yes. something. You, uh, what? I, remember when Bryce Berenger said he was coming back? Yeah. And I said, this was a huge deal. And I think Plum was confused about where and what he did on the team. And so I well, someone said that bit. he was a C uh, for champion and he didn't know what that meant. Yeah. 
Uh, so it's, I just want to point this out because punters get drafted. Uh, and Mel Kuyper has him as the number one overall punter getting drafted uh, this next year. Um, I think we all knew Bryce Berenger was pretty great. It, Mel Kuyper is, I think, kind of an idiot. But uh, but I will lean on It's sort of like pro football focus. I'll mention it when it's useful for me. <laughs> when it's good information, when it suits my priors, I'm going to bring it up. Uh, also, remind, just recall, Bryce Berger, every man, just took a year off of football because he was not invited back to the team. So, and he was like, him, yeah, I'll, I'll take pictures for the team. That's fine. That would be great. Yeah. He's, so. He is, uh, he and BT should spend some time together uh, because I, I feel like they're, uh, they're they're kindred spirits of sorts. The redemption stories are very very good for both of yeah. those guys. Yeah. Uh, anything. So there's also there's some other off Grand River stuff that we will probably come back to later. USA Today had an article uh, recently about um, Title Nine things and uh, women's basketball teams counting uh, dudes that participate in the practice squads as. Uh, women for their title nine numbers, which is interesting. Um, it's not going to go over well in Ohio with their new law. <laughs> one of the teams that was cited in this uh, USA Today article was that same team that we were talking about earlier that uh, pretends to be leaders and best of anything. Um, but actually, this is probably like a, a big problem throughout. And I yeah, it indeed, maybe a uh, glass uh, stones in a glass house uh, yeah. situation with TBD. I know um, for a fact that MSU uses uh, guys uh, to do practice stuff for the women's team. Um, I know also for a fact that they were not on scholarship. They, it was told to me that they were paid in uh, merch. <laughs> so I don't know what that means uh, in terms of whether or not you can count them for Title Line purposes. Um, certainly MSU is guilty I'm surprised of- you have to pay for that. Like, why couldn't you? Hmm, that's interesting. Well, they were compensated in merch is what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, well, so they just got a so ton of MSU merch. Isn't that funny that you have to compensate these individuals mm. for their hot? Like, mm. there's yeah. something there. Mm. You start pulling that thread and it, you, you really deflate the whole like uh, they're not. Com- and you might argue they're compensated in, in the form of a scholarship. And that's fine. But. Like, how are we compensating walk-ons? Are there walk-ons on the women's team who are uncompensated and they're specifically compensating the men who are helping? Well, I'm, I guarantee you the walk-ons also get merch. Oh, sure, sure. Okay. So, um, I mean, I guess it, I would probably take the merch, it, frankly, if I was able to participate at that level, which I'm not, I would take the merch and access to the weight room and say, deal. You can... Can I get, can you throw in a, a calf pass or like an extra, <laughs> an extra visit to case and, and we'll call it good. Susie's like, I'll get you some uh, presidential chicken once a week deal. That's all I need. That's all I need, Suze. <laughs> uh, all right, let's head to Twitter questions and should we do the big reveal now? Well, let's, let's do it. Yeah, I think we should. So let's do it from the top up or the bottom up. We're, we're going to start the top five. Um, first off though, just generally, um, through this process, I have to say, 
it, it, there's like one moment of sincerity that happens every year and this is it. Uh, I have to say that it blows me away. Not every time, because sometimes they take it for granted. But when I actually sit and sit and think about it, like that you guys take the time to think about questions, put them together, participate. Those of you that do so every week, it's a genuine pleasure getting to know all of these different personalities, even yeah. when the, that personality is the upper deck jerk guy, even still <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it has been fun. And I, I know that we talked about this more back during the COVID time when, you know, everyone was just sort of looking for something to do, but yeah, now that we've entered the endemic phase that we're continuing these things, it means, it means a lot to me and I'm appreciative of that. Um, I had to say that first because Jonesy, you're really good at these types of statements. You're going to come in and just nope. blow me out of the sit. water, but I'm going to let you sit on that. <laughs> I'm going to let you own that. Anything that you would add to that sentiment? Uh, the only thing I would add is that, uh, this, so we've gotten to know really well, some folks who have been with us from the beginning. Um, and you all, uh, like you've set a bar for what this, this part of our conversation every week gets to be like. There, there is a degree to which I get to look forward to what dumb thing is the upper deck jerk guy going to ask this week? Uh, that that truly, like, it's a thing I get to look forward to. But what I will add on top of that is this year we had some genuinely new names and faces that participated. Yeah, um, who were hits out of the gate. Like, I, I mean, you didn't necessarily win, but you you were good and, and, uh, and, you know, for some of you like bump it up to the three questions allotted and you, you might've won the whole thing. Like, so, uh, it just, it's, it's weird. I, I continue to not understand the number of people that listen to this dumb podcast. Um, the and I have thing is, it's is a small fraction that participates. Yeah, it's, it's such a small percentage. <laughs> But those of you that do, like, I, I, <laughs> we've not had the pleasure of meeting some of you yet. And I hope, genuinely hope that someday we get to. But holy shit, you all make this fun. Mm-hmm. Like, it, genuinely fun. We're going to take the next month of not power rankings because sometimes it's, you move and you don't rank people for a couple weeks. Oh, uh, is that like a hypothetical situation that you're saying? Like one may move and one may neglect power rankings for several weeks. Is that, is that what you're saying? Indeed. You can um, imagine such a thing happening. But Greg, it was, it was well said. And, and so I'm, I'm, I just wanted to call out and be thankful for a, the, the folks who have been with us from the beginning, but B we got, we got some new folks this year and that was, that was really cool. Um, and some of you brought some like, like E-Man Center made fun of us quite directly. And I love the courage on that. That's, I, I will continue it, to live for your hate. Yes. So actually, that's a perfect transition. We're going to announce the top five. And E-Man Center uh, is number five overall. 
and one in week two, I think entirely based off a question where he asked us a moment in our college careers where we failed <laughs> and we all had to share <laughs> so, and, and, and you really both, brutal moments. I, I do love that uh, there was an instant turning to me on that. And then Plum's story was, well, someone who's on the Fed now once oh, yeah. made me feel like an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> like even Pl- even Plum and his failure story had to flex. Uh, uh, yeah. Number yeah. four. Let no good, no, let no good opportunity go on. on anyway. Uh, I was yes. in the honors college. <laughs> yes. Uh, number four. The previous uh, winner. Uh, yes. Mr. Neurotic Pants uh, coming in at number four with, I, I have to say, Kevin, I enjoyed that the, um, the stories were varied this time around. And at times we're not even there. Uh, and, and like they, they were, he came with only great ones and, uh, and, and asked some really challenging and tough questions. Uh, Indeed. And, and I, keeps us grounded in sports that are not football and basketball, which is also appreciated. And I, my only concern, Raymond, in all of this is, you know, now that we've seen the fall of Netflix's stock that maybe this, Hollywood thing of everything getting greenlit is coming to a close and we may never actually get to see, you know, <laughs> <laughs> behind the scenes with Tom Izzo or, or mock D'Antonio. Uh, well, you know, we, you know, the peacock is going to, when we get yeah. on NBC, someone will, pick it up. Yeah. someone will pick it up. Uh, we'll get to enjoy all of that. Uh, what about next? You want to make have our next a tie for number Two. Indeed. We have to save them simultaneously. All right. Uh, you've got the East Lansing resident. Okay. And I've got the non-East Lansing resident. Right. Three, two, one. Mike John Jones. Hubbard. <laughs> You're an idiot. <laughs> uh, you can I'll fix that post. in post, right? In post, I'll just, I'll just think about perfectly. <laughs> um, Yes, uh, John Hubbard and listener Mike Jones, uh, who did tie, who did not get this just because he plied us with alcohol last week. Uh, Indeed, Mike Jones offered second me place quite a bit of booze, which is really <laughs> the reason for my delay is that I didn't want that offer to stench up his ranking. Um, and so, if people want to know what week three shook out at, they'll know that Mike Jones did not do exceedingly well. Yeah, if someone wants to go back and reverse engineer all of the math based on uh, the information that you've been provided, uh, you'll see that that he did not win in week three, um, but he did win in week five. And that lifted him up to second place where he shared with the reigning champion question? No. Uh, not the reigning champion, but previous champion, uh, John Hubbard, who is, uh, I mean, Steady what, she goes. Yeah. John is just a picture of consistency. If we go back. We John really at, brings it during the power rankings, though. Really brings it during the power rankings. Yeah. John, very consistent, always in, always in the, in, in that uh, area. Um, declared himself winner in week three and then low 
and I forgot about it. I was actually about the it. <laughs> um, all right. And then our winner is, is he still, is this a repeat? Yeah. It's not even fair at this point. Is, are we dealing, are we flirting with a Michael Jordan level performance? Well, here's how, let me, let me just bring him down a notch. Um, as we announce him as a winner, uh, let this just go to show that you're never out of it. Uh, this person never won an individual week, but mm, his consistency point. and his ability to hang in there. And indeed, I, th- I think he, you know, called out after the first week that he, you know, he only got second place and he was going to, you know, it was going to motivate him to do better. He never did better than second place. Indeed, he, just got worse as time went on. <laughs> But it was enough. It was enough. Uh, and Le Chavet is indeed our winner once more. So, so folks, know this. I think. I think we we were talking beforehand. Do we want to share what what uh, what things we like in a Twitter question? No. Let them okay. continue to speculate. Okay. All right. Uh, this is just like. In a relationship, you never tell the other person, like, you know. That's why you have a healthy marriage. Yeah. Uh, It's that that mystery that keeps things going. (laughs) Uh, But we will be back in July for another round of power rankings. And I fully hope that someone is able to dethrone the Shartvert. Uh, in the meantime, Jervert, we will uh, DM you the Instagram login and password. And <laughs> it's all yours, buddy. <laughs> it's all Congratulations, yours. Mr. Shartvert. Yeah. The uh, real Shardy. <laughs> all right. Should we get to it? Running our Instagram from, uh, from Wisconsin. <laughs> yes. All right. So uh, now that there's nothing else on the line, let's talk about this week's Twitter questions. Um, yeah. Who kicked us off? Jerbear, the one, the only, uh, simply by saying pass. Which, which I was, said ass, and he then submitted questions. Yeah. Rude. Rude. Uh, so his fair. first question is, my question is why Plum made this his image, this image a quilt in his new house, and it's uh, a picture of Rudy Giuliani wearing a ball cap um <laughs> i wish i could pull that up and it's it a, truly must be seen to be believed yes um oh my god i but wait wait it's a british yeah it's a yankees it's, cap oh. it's like a, a brit yankees cap and it's uh an abomination and um i i can't believe a man with the the reputation I can't allowed, allowed to travel there <laughs> What a piece of shit. Uh, I just, you know, I expected more from a guy that, uh, you know, pr- you know, does press conferences from the four seasons is all I'll say. Yeah. Um, so Jer also asks, uh, how, the hour. yeah. How do we know what any MSU assistant in basketball does at this point? Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, we do. We do know a little bit of what they do. Mm hmm. Right, like they each get assigned a position uh, grouping. 
yeah, position grouping, they get they'll they'll get assigned uh you know scout scouts for the next game will mm-hmm. rotate. Um I believe they get uh, assigned some recruiting territories. Um so you know, my understanding of the way this cuts a little bit against what you were saying earlier, Greg, but my but not entirely because it's not the best way to dole things out, but my understanding is the way that Izzo treats his assistant coaches is that there are sort of many head coaches. They don't get the full responsibility, right? Like they get, they get a, a small chunk of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but they, they aren't sort of specialized to one unique place. So I think the place we would first know if Kelly doesn't do well is if like every third game they're losing, <laughs> right? If a scout is terrible every third game, then you would indeed know. <laughs> You can figure it out real quick that way. Like, <laughs> MSU wins two thirds of its games. Great. But you're like, fuck, I got to bench him. <laughs> get a bench him. Um, so, uh, yeah. Jer also asks, uh, best tailgate food to eat whilst laying on your back in the grass. Um, if memory That's a big serves, brat, right? <laughs> just swing that brat on down. Uh, it's better in the grass. Um, I seem to recall also I was uh, really targeting uh, dense foods like uh, bread-based foods or muffins. Those types of things seemed like a good idea at the time. Uh, you were great vertical, so they must have worked. <laughs> I was really on my game after that when I had to pull up the tickets so that we could get into the stadium. So <laughs> clearly, clearly a win there. Uh, next up from the random champ himself, Le Chavet. Uh, how confident are you percentage wise that we land a five star in the 2023 cycle? What about 2024? Jonesy, a five star. Give us your percentages. Here's the thing. The number of five stars they're targeting. If we land one, I think we land two. Yeah. That's the thing. Like, once one happens, it greatly increases the percentage of another one. But what he's asking is just for one. He's not. A- yeah. He's asking that first one. What's your likelihood? Uh, I'll put it at forty-five percent. Okay, less than half. And for for but close. Um, for twenty twenty-four, I'm going to put it at. Hmm. Something a little bit lower than 70%. Wow. I think we just don't know enough for 2024. It's like trying to guess the 2024 presidential. Um, But I am going to prices right you on 2023 and say 46%. Hey, I don't think that's how that works, but okay. I just did it. I just did it. It just happened. That's how that works. All right. I think it's one cent lower. Nope. Nope. Oh. Nope. Okay. Uh, uh, next up. over. Uh, so uh, I'm sure I'm the only one asking qu- question. A, a question. Okay. Well, you lost. If this a Q week. question. Oh, asking Q question about the new hire this week. Are we seeing a D'Antonio slash Dave Warner situation with Thomas Kelly? Should we be with, withholding judgment because it's a zoo? I think yes. I think that's basically what we got to 
in our discussion earlier is it might work. There's no reason to doubt Thomas yeah. Kelly. There's no specific reason to doubt him. And to Jerbert's question earlier, like, do you really, do you really know? And, and this isn't directed to Chartbird, but like anybody, do you really that's, know he's not capable of doing yeah. this? That's how I kicked off that whole discussion. Is like we we just don't have the information that we need really to evaluate. Do you know who does though? Tom Izzo. Tomas. The question uh, is, was was his methodology sound in making that choice? Uh, next up from Sherbert, Parallel Universe, Izzo has Drew Valentine as an assistant instead of Steven slash TK, but we lost to Duke in 2019, and Izzo doesn't have that final four, and neither does Cash slash Thumbin slash Goins by extension. Mean, mean, Anthony, to take that away. I don't want that. I mean, times are so already says, so you make dark. that trade. No, I don't make that trade. No, no. <laughs> Absolutely not. Times are already so dark, Anthony. Why would we take that joy away? That Why would we take away your Zion? Oh my God! And and we would lose your Tillman uh, Twitter profile picture. Like I'm just not willing to make this trade under like any circumstances. Put it up against something like either we don't go to the Final Four in 2019. And COVID doesn't exist or we continue to live yeah. in this world. Like that's, make that's me make an it, interesting question. Ooh. Make me make a decision like that. Okay. Um, next up for Mr. Neurotic Pants, uh, should baseball have a time limit? I mean, they're really trying to accelerate the game, but I think what he's saying is overall, just does the game get called at a, at a certain point? And that's that. I, think that one of the charms of baseball well, the one thing that makes it interesting is that the game truly is never over until it actually is mm-hmm. completed in terms of frames like yeah but now they're doing like pitch clocks and stuff like that yeah i mean it like you can if they want to do things to speed the game up that's fine but a, a, a time limit no pass i think it just uh, i'm with you uh I think it just doesn't work in the nature of the game. Like, what are you going to do? Like, if a guy fouls like five balls off in a row, is everyone going to be like, oh, this is really going to cost us at the end of the game? Like, yeah, and then you're you're also I mean, there's already an incentive to take pitches. But like if you're up, you know, marginally, you're you're really incentivizing actually people to do things to delay the game like foul the ball off or yeah, take good extra point. pitches. So, I, I mean, which the way baseball is played, like they do all of those things. So you can imagine pitchers faking are, an injury. Like, are we, then are we doing yeah. uh, fake extra time at that point in time where the umpire is the only one keeping it like it's soccer, like surprise, there's extra time, but no one's yeah. really sure how much is left. You can imagine pitchers running the shot, the, the pitch count long and, in later innings um i i have a pet theory that uh about baseball that no one that is an investor in baseball would like or appreciate but just embrace the game as it is a little bit like just it's it doesn't translate that great to tv and it never will and i'm sorry about that like but it just won't you'll never get the same feel in the stadium 
like seeing a guy throw a hundred mile an hour pitch on TV versus being there as it's happening, two entirely different experiences. Though weirdly, I would also add though that baseball is actually the one sport that's good on the radio. Yeah. Like it's played slow enough that it's good on the radio. And I mean, afternoons, like listening to a baseball game on the radio are great. If I owned an MLB team, my focus would be on the in-stadium experience and getting as many people in the stadium as much as possible. And just like, I know all the money is in TV revenue and I know that they're falling behind the NBA and the NHL, but I just like the sport is the sport and it just does not, it doesn't translate to TV in the same way that those other What's sports What's weird do. is those dudes get paid way more money than... Well, they play way more games. Eh, whatever. It's but it's up against the fact that it's a dwindling popularity sport without a salary cap. But yeah. no. Uh, no is the, the short answer. Uh, it's a good question, though. I mean, the, what they really need to do is do something like find a way to generate more actual hits and offense not just strikeouts and home runs. I mean, I, I will say at least in, in good news for baseball, there's new media, like there's some social media accounts that are really good on trying to make the sort of individualized drama of baseball games more accessible to the viewer. Um, there was a, a a great tweet going on uh, or a video breakdown of um, like uh, the Yankees had had figured out um, the the pitcher was was tipping their pitches for the Tigers. Mm. And so uh, the catcher ended up doing all kinds of like crazy things. But unless you've got this all stuff, all the stuff in replay, right, like you, you would need to be learning to watch for these things. And so. I, I I'm optimistic for baseball's long-term future because I, I think baseball's a great game. Yeah. You just have to have some patience and understanding of, of some of the game that's being played within the game. I will say as an aside though, there is some, some purest baseball nonsense that's gotta go. Yeah. Like these unwritten rules about like when you can do such and such thing or how you can celebrate Fuck that. Like, get rid of that nonsense. Make baseball fun where everyone's competing to the hilt and and it'll be great. That's what I'm uh, I was trying to articulate when I said improve the in stadium experience, like. Make it fun to be there at the games, and that's how you fix the problem of the dwindling population. That's how you fix other problems like there are a ton of baseball teams make it so people want to go to games. It's I'm glad to hear the social media thing. Cause I think it's like the least TikTokable of all of the, I'll, of I'll point you to one. I think you would, I think you would find it interesting. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, I grew up, I played baseball. That was the one sport that I actually did. Okay. At, and I like baseball and I, I'll follow the tigers even when they're bad, but I just, I stop. Stop pretending that it's something that it's not. Anyway, great question, Mr. Neurotic Pants. Next up, uh, how often has Jonestown been catfished on Twitter? Thrice daily. 
It's like nonstop. It's nonstop. Um, also, for Mr. Erotic Pants, uh, Hunter S. Thompson describes sports writers as, quote, rude and brainless subculture of fascist drunks and, quote, a gang of vicious monkeys off in a zoo cage and, quote, more disgusting by nature than maggots oozing out of the carcass of a dead animal. Does the pod endorse this POV? <laughs> Go ahead. I... <laughs> I don't know that I go. I didn't have the writing. I don't have or never have had the writing prowess of Hunter S. Thompson. Mm -hmm. uh, and as a writer, I'm sure that I would co-sign on this statement, <laughs> particularly the gang of vicious monkeys. Uh, the. But I tend to think that many sports writers are not great. Yeah. Um, and I know Mr. Neurotic Pants doesn't love that I don't care for one in particular. But, um, and it largely has to do with the fact that that one in particular parades around as more intellectual than he actually is. <laughs> and definitely doesn't want to work at The Athletic. Definitely doesn't want to work there. It's because he never got he never got that gig because he's no just one, too high bro. No one no one published that he didn't want to work there. Um so yeah, I uh but they're they're not great. Like some of them have value. You, you get to find where they bring the value. We um, don't talk about these people. we talk about the local ones way more. I think the national talking heads are so much worse. Oh, I think yeah, there was a time very soon after graduation where I had to just sit down and say to myself, I'm removing daytime ESPN from my diet. These people yeah. know less about sports, like individual sporting teams. They're entertainers. They're just entertainers. They get paid the most. It's the position that everyone wants, probably, that's in sports writing. But to me... If you are one of those daytime personalities, like truly, is there a greater waste of someone's talent or life than just spouting like some LeBron versus Jordan garbage day after day after day after day and pretending that you're when plugged he, in on all these different Steven, teams? Why do you call out Stephen A? That's fine. Like he's a perfect example or any of them. Any of them, really, like truly, they or, are the ones that Hunter S. Thompson is describing here. A, or look a at, local, uh, a lo like, it, it, locals better, right? Yeah, local I guys mean, actually know something about the teams that they cover more than other people do. The national talking heads know less. It, like the number of times I've seen a national talking head talk about a team that I follow and I know things about where I'm just like, you're flat wrong. You don't know what you're talking about. Shut up. Is it was too high. And I just had to say, stop, we're over. We're done with this. And look at, uh, uh, look at the number of uh, national writers who have Michigan state basketball as a top 25 team next year <laughs> in the preseason ranking. <laughs> I mean, look, it, 
it's entirely possible with their guard play that that ends up being true. Mm-hmm. But and and maybe as Spartans were just a little too anxious, which is probably also true. But I don't know how you look at this roster and like, hey, do they have a center? Like <laughs> it, you did that all on brand, bro. Like you're 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 a moron. So so you're right. I, which brings me back to, I think, my criticism of local folks. Like, you got to know what you're going to them for mm-hmm. and and what value they, they bring in particular, right? Like, yeah, uh, I, I could talk a lot about Nick Baumgartner being a, a truly, like, I don't know what, he's like Voldemort. There's a part of his soul that he, he, he killed and put in a box somewhere that that's the part that went to Michigan state. That's like, uh, a, that's a Horcrux that he buried somewhere in. Yeah, and all in, that's left is like a hard on for Michigan. But yeah, uh, the, um, but you watch his film breakdowns and they're great. They're fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think Colton is a really, uh, uh also at the athletic, they're in a really an emerging talent who tells really great stories though. He hasn't published anything and I don't know how long. Uh, I think it was, he did a mailbag recently, uh, but yes, Colton get back on the publishing. Uh, maybe he's on vacation. What are we paying but, our minimal fee? <laughs> uh, but you know, like some, some folks just don't, bring a ton of value and or you've got to listen to them on a podcast to hear their value and uh and to so. give fairness to give some credit where it's due to the person that we were haranguing earlier like he is clearly plugged in he knows things he does at times bring up interesting ideas about that i like truly i do kind of like that he sticks to his guns and doesn't rank Duke until they play a team on the road. Like, yeah, I miss, I miss Graham couch having an AP vote. That kind of stuff needs to get called out more. Like that's garbage that bigger teams with bigger brands can pull that kind of stuff. And that was his way of taking a stand against that. And I appreciated that. My frustration comes from the fact that we're stuck with him for the rest of our lives. When and we've had not, so many good writers over the years, it's not, not a, a particularly good writer. He's not a particularly good writer, but and, he, he can be interesting at times, but that's where my frustration comes from is that we're never, we're never going to get another one. Um, and we've had such great ones over the years. Um, yeah. Graham couch has figured out what the Peter principle is. And I said, I found my level. I'm not upgrading. <laughs> So I'm trying to be nice because I know R- Raymond that you're a big fan uh, of his and I consume a lot of his writing. Um, that's just where my frustration comes from. Uh, next up from uh, anything else you want to say on this? Uh, no. I, I think yeah, Raymond, bro, I'm so sorry that we had you at, at number four. Like this would have been a, a number one overall week for you. Yeah. Um, uh, next up from the upper deck jerk guy. Can we have drunken at plum Alex every week now? Well, it would be every other week. Um, max. Yeah, if, you know, you know what you read we, what I'm it, saying there. <laughs> this time of year, uh, plum Alex is 
really earning that listener guest title. Yeah, he's at some kind of fancy benefit right now that he so couldn't he tell us anything about. Yeah. Uh, next up, how many stars are <laughs> enough? It, what's it? What's it for? TBA. Uh, give me all the stars. Give me all the stars. All the star boys. Give me all of them. Uh, sure. I yeah, like I, Emperor Palpatine. Like until we find out that sometimes there's too many stars. Give me, give me more stars. Um, and then finally from the upper deck jerk guy, give me a good reason why I should listen to the pod for the rest of the summer. Well, upper deck jerk guy, first of all, I know you are an avid consumer of pods. This pod actually will publish. (laughs) (laughs) So this is, this is when we earn listener retention. Yeah. The good reason might be you don't have any other options, upper deck jerk guy. <laughs> I know the other pods. I know they're scaling down or taking weeks off, just not publishing without explanation. We're here for you, buddy. Well, as Tech Jansen asked in an upcoming question, maybe maybe they're onto something. Uh, next up from Joe Ashworth. Uh, I know you'll be discussing Kelly joining his staff. Okay. So number one, please frame the hire for me from the perspective of this truly is an infusion of young blood in the basketball program. So we're role playing here, I presume. I got that. Go, go. Look, Joe, I mean, young from a like age perspective, maybe not quite, but he's youngest on the staff and he played 14 years as a professional. He's the yeah, he's the closest to having played uh, by far. So and he can relate to having played for Izzo. So he has that connection and he has the connection of a very long professional career, which, you know, a lot of these guys want to go to the league. He can't relate to that, but he can relate to the idea of of doing this as a profession. So. I don't know. You got something better than that? He can also relate to all these guys whose future is playing in Europe. Uh, next up, Jeff Ashworth. What is a seemingly minor convenience in your life that you would be devastated to lose? Mm. That's a great question. You got I don't one? know if it's minor, but the thing that came immediately to mind for me, uh, given what's happening right now in the news, is work from home. Yeah, I'm I'm incredibly thankful for that, but I That's I not wanna... a minor convenience though. I don't think anyone would call that a minor convenience. Yeah, that's a yeah, it's a big one. Um, you know, so my wife's car has remote start on it. Mm. Um that's that's a big one. This is not true of my current location, but where I used to live, uh I could walk to the grocery store and that was pretty fantastic too. Uh, keeping in the theme of, uh, wives cars, we recently justified an automotive purchase based off of one you, car. How old was it when you, when you purchased How many we're years not, old was the used car that you purchased? That. We're not getting into that. That's not how many miles car. were on that used car. It was none of these things are important. What's important and what's, what you is relevant here, The Joe Ashworth is we justified the purchase of one car over another with heated seats. <laughs> <laughs> Where heated seats probably should not have been the thing to justify that purchase. You are the cheapest motherfucker. I know. Hey, hey, 
<laughs> read the financial blogs, man. Buy used cars, drive them into the into the ground. Although now oh, I'm, is, with, I'm with you on driving into the ground. I'm with you. Now is a uh, kind of a rough time to buy a used car, but it's it can be an even rougher time to buy a, a new car. So you gotta wait months. Yeah. Uh, and there, a lot of dealerships are putting like bonus fees on there. Like you just can't control this. So we're putting $7,000 on this sticker price takeoff. If you don't like it type fees. It feels so. a lot like buying a house. It does. Uh, it does. Last from Joe Ashworth. By all accounts, it's going to be an insanely busy recruiting season for the football program. Thank you for clarifying. Uh, what has you excited more? the ambition and pursuit of high-end talent this early in the Tucker regime, or the idea that they might actually be able to pull it off? This is a great question, Joe Ashworth, because we haven't really explored the old narrative in the D'Antonio years of like, just let Mark get his guys, and that's what's important. Or the, the sort of resignation to can't land them. Well, it is definitely true that guys would lose station in recruiting based off of committing to MSU. That is 100% true. And part of that is due to the fact that these recruiting services sell more subscriptions if, you know, they can sell like as yet not committed to recruits like that just generally happens but it is also true that msu would be penalized um whenever they they got a commitment do you think that's changed under tucker because he's certainly energized the fan base at least on twitter which i don't know you know i think it takes more than a couple of years to see if that's changed under tucker yeah i mean we'll I, I you've seen you've seen more dudes getting a bump than a hit mm. right I mean, Katen Hauser got a massive bump. Big bump. So oh, yeah, he's got a big bump, all right. Um, but I, I think that the excitement is that the it's, that he can pull this off. Yeah, like, I think it's both. I like him swinging, love him swinging. But we talked about earlier. It seems like it's this or not. Like, which tells me he thinks he can pull it off. And, you know, it's not often that a podcaster will tell you, go back and listen to hear where I was wrong. Like, I was skeptical about Mel's recruiting prowess. And I, I, we kind of had a low key discussion of like, do people just assume that because he's black? Like, is this like a, one of those like race based things? But like, it seems yeah, that this no, guy I can relate to a recruit because yeah. that's ha- yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. That's that's right. That I, we also He's, had a discussion about him getting passed over because we thought he was just nominalized as a black person, right? Anyway, but that was not our. I was not our position for the because we're at, no, no. I, I was angry. I was I was angry about it that he allies. it seemingly he was nominally a participant when we were like all in on what's his face? What what's his name? Cincinnati coach. Somebody fickle, had, fickle. Yeah. Oh, I thought that was a bit that you were doing, because it, it does seem like it, with some people in the MSU fan base, fickle is like a he who shall not be named type of character, which I, I don't get. Because I, I, another thing that I've been talking about quietly over this time is like I'm interested to see what happens to Ohio State when there is another major conference team that they have to contend with in state, and. I think we could see Cincinnati Wait. really become a thorn for them over time. But oh, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see what you're saying. We'll f- we'll find out. 
Um, anyway, I, I think that I think it's really that right now we could be optimistic that Tucker can pull this off, right? I think, yeah, and and if it's not this year, I don't I don't know that I'm. I, first of all, I feel very confident he's going to pull off a recruiting class that we're all a okay with, like good, a mm-hmm. good recruiting class. But if they don't pull off an excellent recruiting class. I think the the floor for what MSU needs to do next year is probably eight wins to keep the same energy going. Yeah. Um, which, uh, shout out to uh, John Kirby for flagging that for the first seven games that MSU plays, they likely will be playing a zero or one loss team. Oof. Yeah. It's like the opposite of last year where the the schedule was really perfect for that football team last year. It was a yeah. nice slow ramp. Yeah. Uh yeah. Yeah. That's football though. It's football for you. Uh hockey thing. Yeah. B- yeah, Jer, some we got to do that hockey by the end of the, the summer. Um <laughs> so Tech Jansen uh does a wellness check on us and asks are you guys tired? You seem tired. <laughs> After last week, that's probably fair. Josie's um, had a lot going on personally. Yes. I like that. That Jared called the podcast out as being asked for the last couple of weeks. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, you mean when Jones isn't involved in the podcast, it's taken a downturn. Uh, I am a little bit tired, but I'm, I'm not tired of the pod yet. Uh, talk to me in July. Yeah, those things that we said earlier were sincere uh, about the Twitter, me, you know, the community meaning a lot to us and all that stuff. There are times, though, where we, I, I can only speak for myself, you got to force yourself to, hit, to sit down and do this. But once it gets going, there's never been a time where I wasn't like, okay, this I didn't, I've never regret the, the, yeah, the time that I spent doing it. Yeah. Um, but yes, there are some weeks that this is more performance. It begins the, at, that at the way. outset. Yeah. At the outset yeah. than than not. Um, but like, I don't, we don't, it's not that we wouldn't talk, but like, this is a great excuse for you and I to chat. And maybe and even then, sometimes a listener guest as well. <laughs> maybe some, sometimes it's a, did he get in the way of you and I chatting or not? Uh, did he confuse what a center is? <laughs> did he talk a lot about soccer? Did he dive into hockey when I was trying to give him an out? And he decided, I'm just going to do it anyway. <laughs> I'm so sad that I walked away for that and I have not listened to it. Just... <laughs> oh my God. Is it worth me listening to? Yes. Because you have to know the backstory of just like, I tried to give him the easiest out. And he was like, I no, put that away. <laughs> Let me just <laughs> talk hockey. Uh, anyway, tech, thank you for your concern. But, you know, maybe we do. Uh, we haven't talked about this, but maybe we do like take a week off or or something. Never. OK. All right. Next no, up from Elon Bloom. I think we talked about it last year, actually. That well, we th- haven't. There was, we've never there was done a week it in July that we were like, maybe 
this time next year we just take the week. We have never done it though. So I know. Uh, if, if if it feels like if we get the outline up, maybe we should for the summer we should actually make a concerted effort to do the outline early. And be like, there's nothing on here. <laughs> we should not record this week. Well, that's a that's actually a week that's worth eh, nah, whatever. Uh, anyway, Elon Bloom, we'll t- we'll discuss. It, it could go either way. Uh, is this weekend the beginning of something big for Spartan recruiting, or just a weekend that has some high-rated recruits? Uh, Jackson Hitchcock uh, added in on this, uh, which I thought was a good point. Couldn't it be both? I'm new to all of this, but from what I understand, a lot of these top recruits communicate, and it is only and it only takes one to start an avalanche, which we were talking about earlier. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I, this is Elon Bloom. I mean, this is this is the big question and one that we won't know the answer to until this all shakes out. But uh, there's a lot of smoke, right? Give me all that smoke. Yeah, and and here's here's the thing. Like I, I've said this before, and 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 I think I'm closer to saying that I I feel more confident that the Mel Tucker era is going to work out. But I've said before that no one would be able to accuse him of not having a plan and executing on the plan. And his his execution level has been pretty fantastic. And so I kind of circle back to this like they haven't expanded the board. And they haven't expanded at positions where they need talent. Like, again, defensive ends, offensive tackles, like they've not. They've not really broadened the board yet. And so I'm kind of inclined to think that this is the beginning of something big for them. And and I go back to also, like, they, they've been seemingly, at least at the college level, when it comes to transfers, excellent evaluators of talent, right? Yeah. We, we can say that the transfers, that they've been excellent evaluators of talent. Uh, what's his face? Uh, Ronald Williams got burned, I think, in the Northwestern game and then slowly but surely got better. You didn't notice because the rest of the secondary was getting torched, but he was great. Obviously, Canine was fantastic. Jert Horst, while he was healthy, was fantastic. Um, and he's still a member of the team. And he's still a member of the team. So, long story short, I, I, I tend to think that when they take commitments like Bo Edmondson, the quarterback, Three-star quarterback. I, I I think you got to feel really good about what they know that they know what they're doing, and that if there were higher-rated recruits that they were in on, and they take the three-star, that they knew what they were doing. So I, I just I don't I maybe it's it's undue faith right now, but Mel Tucker earned a lot of bandwidth with me last year. Mm-hmm. We had no business going eleven and two. We would people would have been happy with seven wins. That's what we talked about at the beginning of the season. So yeah, genuinely happy. <laughs> like, oh man, this is really turning around at seven yep. wins. <laughs> like, so no, I, uh, I'm kind of with Jackson that it's both. Agree. Next up from Elon Bloom. Will Thomas Kelly make a difference for MSU or is he just plug and play replacement for Stevens? Uh, this is sort of the question that we had. You know, there's no way for us to evaluate this. I think he is not just a replacement for Stevens, though. Um, they're going to shuffle things around. Someone else is going to coach the bigs, I assume. Maybe. Can't, can't have an old point guard coaching the bigs. Well, they're, they're all 
I think they're all point guards, buddy. Oh, well. And and most most staffs though don't have like a guy that was a big who's coaching who's coaching the bigs. Yeah, you know basketball or you don't know basketball. Yeah. Uh, and then finally from Elon Bloom, um, is the offensive line the most critical for MSU success this season, or is it some other playing group? No, I think you could make. I mean, it is particularly this season, but I think most seasons you can make the argument the offensive line is the most critical position group, right? Like, yeah, I mean, if you if you wanted to if you wanted to take a counterpoint to that, it's that you acknowledge that the offensive line is not going to be great. And and again, I would I would reiterate, I don't think last year's offensive line was great. It was it was fine. Like, I think you could put it at mid. Mm-hmm. But this year, MSU's got enough weapons that, until proven otherwise, I have to believe that I'm, I'm going to take some faith in Jay Johnson. And so if the defense is actually able to take that next step, so if you want to pivot, right, you want to you change your, your projection of fear elsewhere, it's the secondary. Mm-hmm. Because last year we were able to stay in it because we were able to score. So if we're able to to shut people down this year, then we can survive in a D'Antonio-esque way <laughs> some shitty offensive line play. And I and I tend to think that the O line or the offensive calling is better than what we saw under D'Antonio. So maybe we see a bit more success. Does that sound right to you? Yeah. I, I will just point out I, I don't think it's entirely a coincidence that the year that MSU had its greatest success as a program in my living memory was also a year that MSU had high draft picks on the offensive line. So yeah, that's, that's th- not lost on me. things tend to correlate. So, uh, uh, next up is the MSU dude. Uh, is this a uh, the- first time, long time? Uh, I don't know about a long time, but first time. And, uh, and, and from what I know, a good dude, uh, uh an MSU and- dude would be a good dude. Uh, and a big fan of the Lebowski, happy to have you. Will all this hype around the football program amount to us actually getting some five stars signed, or will it just amount it end up being all sizzle and no steak? Jackson chimes in again. Jackson everywhere. My personal opinion is that none of the D-line five stars signed with MSU. Best chance is Samson Akunlola, who is an uh, offensive tackle. Never had to pronounce these names before. I just read them for uh, the most part. But Jackson does want to hear what the pod's response is, though. Jackson, apparently confirmed listener. Thanks for listening. Um, I, I, I kind of circle back to what Jackson said, said earlier. Before. Yeah. I, I mean, you can sell playing time for sure on off, offensive line. And, um, and I think Coach Cap came close last year with uh Keontae. Keontae Goodwin. Um but don't underestimate Beachy Jordan. Like we we were talking about Jaden Wayne earlier. Like the the fact that BT made MSU automatically contender, if you think Mel Tucker can close, right, Kevin? Yeah. Like if you think he's a closer there's an awful lot of sizzle. Like for there to be no stake like maybe it's just a little bit of it's a lot of sizzle now maybe the stakes in the future but 
there's just so much sizzle, you know? It's like a steak and shake up in there. Yeah. Which All the sizzle. Steak and shake, underrated place, right? I kind of think so. I mean, I, if underrated if you're asking about the masses, but I think it's appropriately rated for me, which is to say, can we get some steak and shake? Yeah. The, I can and- get some steak and shake right now. Let's not like, let's not, it's a 24 hour place. Is that still the case? Are they still doing the 24 hour I thing? I don't know. You're not like, there. Steak and shake really underrated and should be discussed more. It's competitively priced. The product is good and it's available Jeez. whenever you want it. So uh, I, buddy, next time out of there, we're going to steak and shake. We're going to get th- drunk. We're going to get an Uber. <laughs> we're going to go to steak and shake. That's the deal. Great news. I think the closest steak and shake is South Lansing. <laughs> We're going to spend front 43 multiples on the Uber versus what it costs to go to the steak and shake. But I'm going to bring some steak out with me. I did just want to point out uh, to the MSU dude that uh, tomorrow is already the 10th before I move on. Uh, Nate C. Uh, asks. What does that have to do with the 10th? Well, it's just a reference to Big Lebowski that I wanted to make on our way out. Mm-hmm. Um, have you guys watched Shorsky? Shorsky. Great way to get Shorzy. Shorzy. Is that like in Jersey Shorzy? Uh, I assume it's more of a Massachusetts thing, but I don't know. Uh, great way to get into hockey, BTW. Uh, don't know what this is. Is this on your radar? Do you know what this is? No. It's a television series. Jer, save us from this. It is on the Hulu's. Um, and it is a hockey thing. It's a Canadian television comedy series Mm. with six episodes. Interesting. I'm looking at the, uh, the picture here, the, the cover picture. And I, I think Plum would be enthusiastic about the show. uh, Are we being allies right now, Michael? I'm just saying, I think he'd be enthusiastic. I'm (laughs) celebrating him. Uh, happy pride by the way buddy yeah indeed happy pride to you too this reminds me did you ever watch the movie goon your transition is impeccable there but no it's a uh i'm staying on hockey um i'm not staying on on pride happy pride uh goon is a way better than it deserves to be hockey movie with um what's his name from dude where's my car and uh american pie but um hockey is an under mind area of potential comedy that like i i think it's fantastic and the canadians should be making more hockey comedies uh kevin i'd love to talk to you about how we're in hour 45 oh my god (laughs) are we really best summer show to get through this off season kevin uh go rewatch Detroiters. What about you? Uh I'm gonna say this for the MSU dude who I know is a dad. Uh my son has been super into the Flora's Lava. Are you familiar with this? I'm familiar with the game. The the game show? Nope. I'm familiar with the game. Oh, okay. So Netflix essentially created a series a, a, like uh remember Temple of Doom? Yeah. From Nickelodeon? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it is an obstacle course there. There's different obstacle courses for each episode, but the gist is that three people have to get through this lava filled, uh, obstacle course. 
the lava is like ooze really um but it's fantastic it like it's it's dumb fun i think actually think you would not mind turning it on <laughs> just for myself Blake yeah and no i, I, I think it's in common yeah I, I, it's fine as an adult too like it's it's hilarious <laughs> It, like if you if you enjoyed Temple of Doom and you ever have any amount of nostalgia for that kind of a thing, check it out. Like give it one episode and don't tell me you found it at least mildly interesting. Okay. And then finally from Nate C, uh, why do all the summer sports suck? Because <laughs> the Tigers do. Um, Golden State. What, what's the what's the update, Kevin? Yeah, where are we? Let me go find that. Let me go find that tab. Uh, all right. Next up is Spartan 18770. Is M. conspiring against me by having Warriors everyone... Warriors by the way. Excellent. Uh, Kevin, is M. conspiring against Spartan 18770 uh, by having every route home blocked by construction? I think that they're doing that to everyone, Spartan 18770. Uh, not I just you. Gretchen Whitmer. <laughs> I was going to try and turn it QAnon, but I'm like... Someone might believe that I said. That. Uh, apparently, she is on another shooters list. There was a shooter in, uh, no, in Wisconsin, uh, and she was on his hit list. So, sorry, Gretch, that's awful. That shouldn't happen to anyone. But uh, she's fixing the damn roads, right? That's what she ran yeah. on. Fix the damn roads. Yeah. Aside, real quick. Yeah, let's get rid of fucking guns. I'm over guns, bro. I'm willing, listeners. Ask us questions about this next week, so we can just because sound off, man. Uh, folks, I got a three year old, and there's a moment where it flashes in your mind: Should I homeschool my child? And you say no. That's not reasonable. <laughs> anyway. Which gas stations yep. are selling those Michigan keychains commemorating their victory over Ohio State? Did you see this? I did see this. And I, I thought it was just like perfect after all of the garbage that they gave it, MSU for putting. It has to be a bit, right? Like It has to be. No, it's not a bit. It's just that their fans were so ignorant. Their they're, fans were so baffled by this. They don't operate in good faith. They pretend that they... <laughs> They're horrible people, uh, but it was just like perfect. And I'm sure they've already crafted a narrative about how it doesn't count because Ohio State, Michigan transcends everything else or some garbage. It's it is indeed the game, Kevin. Yeah, it's just they're the worst. Um, next up, did it really need to take two months of negotiations to hire Thomas Kelly? Really? No, Spartan 18770. It did not. He was there the whole time. He was there from day one. <laughs> <laughs> Almost literally. Yep. Almost uh, literally. Next up from John Hubbard. What does the B stand for in Mike B. Jones? Bryant, Brunswick, Balthazar. <laughs> it stands for Blake, which is now my son's name and was my grandfather's name. Also stands for boyish. Uh, next up from John Hubbard. Uh, if you, you commit to any crime without getting caught, what would it be? Well, I have committed the crime without getting caught, and it was lighting off fireworks in East Lansing. <laughs> uh, uh, there was Kevin. A time. Yeah, oh, go, go ahead. ahead. 
No, no, no. Oh, I left. love this next question, or at least how it starts. So go ahead. Uh, the Sundance <laughs> <laughs> the Sundance guy approaches you and says he'll give you a brand new car of your choice every year that he can definitely guarantee wasn't used to traffic narcotics. Do you take the deal? Oh, for sure. As long as it, one of those years, it's one of his horses from the commercial. Do you, would you, are you bothered at all that he brings that up? What? The Sundance guy? Yeah. That, like out of nowhere without prompting, he says. Apropos of nothing, as they say. <laughs> yes. Uh, this wasn't used for narcotics, by the way. <laughs> there have always been rumors that, uh, there are unscrupulous things happening at the uh, at the Sundance Chevrolet. I don't think they're going to be a uh, sponsor here on the pod anytime soon, but uh, I would be like, thank you for confirming that. I will take that, you know, Jeep Grand Cherokee for the year. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Next Sundance up the Kinski. guy. Best Michigan vacation destination. Oh, dude, anything with a lake. Just it doesn't matter if it's a big lake or a small lake. Anything with a lake. Right. The most Michigan answer I've ever heard. It was specifically asked Michigan vacation destination. Yeah, yeah, no, but that was the most Michigander answer I've ever heard. What's your answer then, Michael? Well, obviously, it's East Lansing for me. Okay, I get to see you. I get to go to a game. Also, Uh, for me, it's home. So I. It's I mean, not a vacation th- destination for me. I mean, but you, you got to go somewhere with the dunes or there's a lake. Uh, there. Yeah, no, but it, but that's not just any lake. Right. Like, it's not just any. They're not all the same. All of the, your little ponds are not the same. Some of them are buggier than others. And actually, those big ones are awfully buggy, too, with flies that bite. And you have food that's overpriced for being very midwestern (laughs) what do you expect college football to look like in 10 years not amateur nope uh we should this is also a good you know not amateur (laughs) that we can like how far away are we from like it just goes to a semi-pro league that are divorced from the universities like i don't think that'll ever happen but it might happen in effect in yeah, well, you can't, you can't leave. You can't leave the school because that's the only reason people care. Yeah. Like, yeah, I don't just care. Look at the, just look at the G League. Like the product in the G League is better than the product in college basketball. But the product in the G League is not on television. Yeah. So uh, next up from the Keith Ski, uh, what gets torn down first for Ooh. a fresh start? Breslin or Spartan Stadium? That's a great question. It is a very good question. I Uh, think the answer is Breslin. Yeah, because of cost, entirely because of cost. It would cost the university $200 million to rebuild Spartan Stadium. It would cost the $50 million to rebuild Breslin. So, yeah. Um, I mean, the real question is which one should it be? I, I mean, they already got rid of the gas pumps. Like, I don't know what you need. What else is there? At that point, it's a perfect it's a perfect building now. More troughs. Alternate universe. D'Antonio retires after the CFB appearance and Tucker is hired. What is the state of the program? Have we won an ad yet? The Keatsky might have won 
Wow. Raymond, it's not fair, but these are great questions. Holy, yeah, these are really good ones. Um, though I'm looking at the last one and I'm not pleased. Uh, no, it's even better. He takes it to the next level. Uh, what's the state of the program uh, if we win a natty yet? Hmm, that maybe maybe we are in a better position. I I think I think Tucker's uniquely primed to recruit off of that win. It might have helped if he was on staff at the time, but then we if he was on staff at the I don't I don't think that would have worked out between him and Mark. Maybe it would have. I mean Tucker was a defensive backs coach for Saban in the way that Mark was. Yeah, but Mark and Tucker seem to have very different philosophies on recruiting. Yeah, but does that matter when you've got a junior member of the staff versus the head coach? I'm not sure. Sure. That it does. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, but if he was D coordinator and took over from there, uh, co-sign. Like, I, I think we've, we're probably in that conversation. The problem is there's a lot of hindsight in this question, the key ski. Like you've got to go back and remember the 2016 class. We didn't know what a disaster that was going to be in as many different ways as it was a disaster. Um, it looked like the program was going to continue to ascend after that game. And I yeah. think actually D'Antonio said something about that on the field after the Rose Bowl game of like, we got great recruits coming in. It's only the beginning. We know differently now, but I think we yeah. all probably nodded along at the time. Yeah. Uh, and finally, and most importantly, the Keith Ski asks, why does uh, at NB Jones Esquire never answer questions? Breezes over them. Accountability? You skirt? Uh, uh, Kevin, do you want to explain the waveform to the Keith Ski? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, actually, the key ski, the metrics uh, actually show that you hear a lot more of the Mike Jones Esquire than, than anyone wants to than <laughs> anyone wants to. Speaking of Mike Jones, we got a better one. Uh, who asks, gentlemen, a week removed from the Elijah Craig Rye, uh, one bad, 10 good. Give it a rating. Uh, I'm going to give it a soft seven. I would seven is exactly what I was going to say. And that's, uh, I, that's yeah. just because we are fortunate and we get to drink good stuff occasionally. I, I would, I would, I would drink it again happily. Like yeah. if someone offered that, I would, yes, absolutely. I would love to have some, it, it's a, it's a great bottle. Um, if someone's looking to get, if someone's into bourbon or, or other sweeter whiskeys and wants to give a rye a try, Hands down, great transition. Yes. Uh, I, I just tend to like a drier and spicier ride than that. I really enjoyed it, and I'm happy to have it as part of the collection and would, when it's empty, and it will be empty at some point here in the next several months, I'll probably replace it. Um, yeah, I, I would agree with that. It, that would be a great bottle to have. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you, you would you would not feel bad about sharing that or serving it or you know whatever yeah um, uh if someone's never had a rye before as, as i hadn't i don't think before i drank it seems like crown a rye yeah uh, maybe i think crown's a rye okay but uh, anyway 
Next up, the compensation for Dwayne Stevens' trade has been completed uh, with Coach TK as the coach to be named later. It seems a little light. What else could Kalamazoo have thrown in to make it worth the trade? I'll take Bells. <laughs> yeah. Yep, that's it. That's the answer. Just, just move Bells on up here, and we're good. <laughs> yep, deal. Uh, last up from the Mike Jones, uh, big recruiting weekend. The recruits were at Tuck's house for dinner Saturday night. Uh, I can only imagine him with the stogie aviators and bucket hat manning the grill. What was Tuck cooking up this weekend other than victory? Uh, what would need to be on the plate for you to commit on the spot? Greg, uh, rice cakes. Yep. Uh, rice cakes with the side of the goop from the matrix. And I'm there signed. Uh, Delivered. Uh, some pulled pork and some mac and cheese would have done it for me. Yeah, I thought you were going to go with like a ribeye or something like that, but you're no, no, no. I, a brisket. I mean, hell, I'll take bur- it, you just bring the mac and cheese. If the mac and cheese is good, you probably can sign me up. If if Tuck didn't buy a house in East Lansing with a basketball court in it, like would his recruiting approach be different or would he be building it onto whatever house he ended up buying in in uh whatever that neighborhood is called it escapes me right now um but it seems like the house that he bought very much informs the way that he recruits with the deck and the and the court and stuff do you is he in a gated community no you can drive by his house right now it's dude we should tp his house (laughs) what a story that would be uh next up dan hellpepper uh, can plum always have the air horn let me tell you no one would ask for this no one would ask for this i specifically tried to go find the air horn in production and reduce the volume for it let me tell you i didn't get them all It's his best bit. Um, Uh, In lieu of berating the pod's uniformly terrible basketball takes, I'll ask, what do you think of MDOT's increasing use of traffic circles? Uh, Dan Hellpepper apparently is a rod over here. Uh, um, uh, I'm pro-traffic circle. I think traffic circles are fantastic. I would put them everywhere, especially in suburban Detroit, which is a place where traffic is. Um, I think it's one of Dante's circles of hell. Um, is that Dante recall. Moore? Yes. Yes. Dante Moore. Exactly. Uh, next up from Dan Hellpepper. I'm going to throw this one to you. Johnny Depp is really a huge wife beater, eh? <laughs> Shit, yeah, I'm trying to get you canceled, he says. Just to be clear, given my general irony, it's completely impossible that Depp is telling the truth, and that must have been must have been a whole jury of Indiana fans or something to find otherwise. He's trash would definitely give him a Jawan or three if I got the chance. Yeah, we don't cover a lot of like the wider world of pop culture, but it seems obvious to me that like these are two very flawed individuals. I, like, I don't know a whole lot that are wrong. about this case, but it seems obvious on its face. It's like no one wins here. Everybody loses. These are not role models. Why is this important to anyone? Like, yeah. 
am I wrong about this? Yeah, I didn't follow it particularly closely. I I certainly heard some of the testimony, but um, it it seemed that all the flaws of a jury trial system came to bear. You had a larger celebrity against another, I guess, celebrity. Um, He was a better witness, but that doesn't make anything that happened there okay or right mm-hmm. um and, and including bad behavior on his part um reprehensible behavior on both of their parts and and that's what's weird about all of this it's so weird well i know i i can hazard a guess why the parts of the internet that i go and hang out with ended up on one side of this versus the other but my take is like like i said neither of these are role models that we should be putting up on a pedestal. Nobody won here. The question that's interesting to me is why was this so public and the Supreme court, you still have to, you know, Mm -hmm. look at the minutes after, you know, two years and like, there's a stenographer and you get to see like the, the drawings, like those mean anything like, the highest mm. court in the land has less accessibility. Had, it's wild. Yeah. Yeah. Um, particularly, you know, the fear for them is that it's going to be theatrics, but the thing is, is that. Oh, is it's going to become theatrics Supreme right. well, court. But here, but hear me out. Let's, let's go with that theory for a second. You, as the Supreme Court, don't have to take almost any case. Mm-hmm. You get to choose. Mm-hmm. So you just look at the lawyer list, and you can just opt not to take it because you know that person's an asshole, and they're going to make a scene. Like it, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Anyway. I've been reading up a lot on this, and this is a great summer episode teaser as well. Like about the various ways that one could reform the Supreme Court. Is that a great summer episode for this podcast? Or is that maybe a separate podcast that you don't tell other members of your family about? So you can be your true self. That seems like the place to be the true self is on the Supreme Court speculation podcast. Yeah. Next up, Mama Might Believe asks, do you think that you had too much to drink last pod recording or was it simply just too much fun? Is there a difference, Kevin? I think this might be in reference to the fact that uh, Mama Believe asked us where we would hide resin in our pants, and we took her up on that question. Which, Mama Believe, methinks thou doth protest too much. Mm, indeed. I think someone knew exactly what they were asking, and I think now they're all pearl clutchy as a result. But, nah, eh. Maybe it was the Eli Craig. Uh, Jonesy, anything Eli, on that? Eli, Eli Craig had hid resin in his foreskin. We all know. <laughs> <laughs> Next up from Mama Maple Leaf, Colombian pop star Shakira <sighs> and her longtime partner, Spanish footballer, footballer. Gerard Pequeña. 
that's what I'm calling him. Are <laughs> separating a podcast interview with Shakira exposed that sometimes they disagree about timeliness because of their different upbringings. Are you, any of you at liberty to speak to this issue? Wait, what does that mean? Are you late to things, Kevin? Uh, or is your partner late? So uh, I will say I've made this observation a number of times. This isn't the first time I've made this observation. My partner, when she listens to this, which also I can just say wife, uh, when she listens That's to this, not is not going to be, this is, yeah, I'm projecting losing your, I'm losing allyship points. Um, uh, is uh, I think the invention of the smartphone was a was a boon to my potential relationship here. Like, if I had to do the amount of waiting that I've signed up for with this, oh sure, mm-hmm. betrothment. Um, if I didn't have a smartphone that I could just go catch up on stuff uh, with that time. And I had to just sit there and brood about waiting instead. Life might be, be different right now. Be very Seinfeldian. Yeah. What about you? Um, so I don't think she'll listen this long if she listens at all. Um, but I sound off then, Jonesy. This is your chance. I find get it off your chest. Going to a thing, like a thing that needs to be gone to, right? She is, uh, generally speaking, on time or ahead of schedule. But, like, if I need to go do something sort of chore-related, but she needs to do something first, like take a shower, there will be five to ten minutes of announcing that a shower needs to be taken before any levitating from the seat happens. (laughs) And... It, it it's turned into a bit where I'm like, it, she'll say something and I'm like, go take the shower. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, the public facing great private. It's a terror. A That's to say nothing about the length of the shower or the getting ready after the shower or those types mm-hmm. of things. Indeed. Though I think she might shower faster than I do. So ah, I'll give her credit for that. Okay. I'll, I'll give a shout out to where the shout outs do. Um, anyway, next up from on my Maple Leaf, Michigan unveiled the game necklace commemorating last year's win over Ohio State. MSU had its ring with a winning score over Michigan. Is this trend leading to us, uh, leading us down a slippery slope where Izzo will soon be sporting a charm bracelet with extra dangling scholarship? Oh, Maple Leaf! You're going to want to audio turn that one down. So much heat! There have been, where the questions have been good during Twitter question rankings, but like, why are y'all saving this good stuff for now? Mm. Oh, so good. There's like nothing to say to that. That was a this great rhetorical question. This might have overcome you using the troops as a cudgel last week. Might have. <laughs> uh, next up, always and last up, always thinking 1835. Uh, Plum Alex is a referee. How would you enforce your call? Oh, oh you did this in the wrong. Uh, uh, first up, in a dream I had, there was a sport where humans were playing something like soccer against robots with chainsaws. Okay. Can I make this up, or is this actually a deep cut from some comedy or sitcom that I can't remember? This is real life. You, you didn't see robot chainsaw uh, football? 
it's taking the world by storm. Uh, no, this is real. Very popular out of Ecuador. Uh, and uh, They're innovators. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm a fan. Uh, next up from Always Thinking 1835, what sports would you like to see humans play against robots with chainsaws? Um, uh, survival. <laughs> the greatest game, of course. Yeah, uh, su- succeeding in survival, I think, is the answer to this question. Always Thinking 1835. And last up from Always Thinking 1835, as a referee, Alex Plum, how would you enforce your calls against robots with chainsaws? I don't think uh, you get to enforce your calls. I don't think I they think let he, you. He would do it with a gusto that was becoming of a dead man. And he would, the first time, he would stand up straight, he would present that red card, and then it would get sawed right off. <laughs> and he'd be like, oh, maybe I push it. You know, trying to talk about hockey was one thing, but maybe I truly pushed it too far now. (laughs) And then that would be the end of our listener guest. (laughs) And indeed, this is the end of the podcast at a full two hours, Kevin Gregg. And what a pleasure it's been. Uh, We want to thank you all for listening. All the the kind words that were said earlier were said sincerely. um, And without Kevin being put under duress. uh, And uh, yeah, Kevin. Go green. Michael Jones, Michael B. Jones, go white. <laughs>